Two Chairs No Waiting, episode number 675, A Condition of the Heart. Two Chairs No Waiting is brought to you each week by the fine folks over at Weaver's Department Store. Weaver's Department Store is where you can go and find out all kinds of fun Mayberry things that you can have. One of them is Mayberry Man playing cards. That's right, if you like the Mayberry Man movie or if you just like Andy Griffith Show in general, I think you'd enjoy these playing cards. Great set of cards. There's 54 cards in the deck, including the Jokers. And it's great cards. They've got pictures from the movie and stuff. Great to see. And then something else that everybody's really been enjoying is the Mayberry Puzzle Book. Head over to weaversdepartmentstore.com and check it out. Two Chairs No Waiting is also brought to you by donations like from listeners like you. And the executive producer of episode number 675 is Robbie Curley. So, Robbie, thank you for helping support the podcast. Thank you for being here with me. Podcast would be no fun whatsoever without you here. And so it's fun. Now, what we're going to be talking about this evening, uh, this morning, whenever you're listening, is I found, I've been been working around the house, and I found a Mayberry Confidential. Now, Mayberry Confidential is the newspaper, I guess you would kind of call it, that they put out during Mayberry days. And they've been putting this out since as long as I've been going, since 1993 and before. And this issue I ran across is Volume 5, Issue 1, because they only do one a year. So this was Volume 5, and it was from September 28th, 1995. That's right. It's paper, and it's not, and it's still in good shape. It's not, uh, <laughs> it's not dry rotting on me. So there's a great article. There's several great articles in here, uh, something about Richard Link. There's stuff in here about Ginger Boatwright, who sang with Doug Dillard's band. And, and others things, other things. Ginger's an awesome person. Uh, and, but the one I wanted to focus on this afternoon, evening, when you're listening, it's called a condition of the heart. So we're, there's going to be, there's going to be some reading. There's going to be some reading here. So I'll try to get a little bit of background music from the VW boys. We'll just play a little bit of, uh, let's see. We'll try this one. There we go. We'll play just a little background music to make it a little more interesting probably a bad choice this is probably a much more touching story than that but this is a story written by jim clark he was the guest columnist columnist easy for me to say uh that uh, for this particular issue but he's talking about the andy griffith show so let's go and check this out he says this is homecoming week for thousands of fans of the andy griffith show every year about this time we come to mount airy from across the United States and Canada, hoping to catch a glimpse of the real Mayberry. Now, this is this is me speaking now instead of Jim, but uh, this is this is true, boy. People head to Mount Airy, North Carolina. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's Andy Griffith's hometown. And each year we have Mayberry Days there, and that's again what this newspaper I've got in my hand. That's what it's about. So that's what Jim's writing about. So back to the story. By now, most of us know that Mount Airy is not really Mayberry. Andy Griffith himself points out that Mayberry was a creation of talented writers and actors. But we also know that nowhere gives us more of a true feeling of actually being in Mayberry than Andy Griffith's hometown. That feeling of Mayberry comes from... A lot more than just the Mount Airy street names like Haymore and Rockford, uh, for example. And businesses like 
snappy lunch and the blue view and the weenie burger, among many others. Uh, Those things are mentioned on the Andy Griffith Show. And the Mayberry sensation in Mount Airy is more than just the people you encounter with familiar names like Taylor, Pike, Emmett, Floyd, Virginia Beasley, and Early Gilly, or the fact that Pilot Mountain is just a gentle Ernest T. Bass rock toss from Mount Airy. No, what brings us back to Mount Airy every year, and as often as we can come throughout the year, are probably the same qualities that earned Mount Airy the prestigious designation as an all-American city last year. That was in 1994. We're drawn by the smiling faces of the easygoing people who treat us like good neighbors, whether we live next door or a thousand miles away. We keep coming to Mount Airy for the same reason that we keep watching The Andy Griffith Show. We enjoy visiting a pleasant place that's filled with interesting and friendly people. Plus, Mount Airy has a thing or two we want that Mayberry can never give us. For instance, while Mayberry and Mount Airy both have a snappy lunch, I'll let you have all of the pork chop sandwiches you can find in Mayberry. Meanwhile, I'll be having all of mine fresh off of Charles Dow's Grill on Main Street in Mount Airy. But whether you've recently enjoyed a pork chop sandwich or not, my hunch is that the truly best place to look for Mayberry is inside ourselves. Mayberry is something more than than either a TV show or a town in North Carolina. It's likely even more than a state of mind. Mayberry is more like a condition of the heart. And as we express our heartfelt appreciation this week to the deserving cast and crew of The Andy Griffith Show for their giving us 35 years of fantastic entertainment, let's salute the folks in Mount Airy who carry a torch for Mayberry 2. So that was Jim Clark's article in the Mayberry Confidential from 1995. So 1995 was the 35th year, 35th anniversary year of the Andy Griffith Show. Wow. And really kind of hard to believe. That's 1995. It's 2022. And those same sentiments are the same things that we've been saying for weeks here on the podcast and maybe even longer It's this thing that the Mayberry Effect documentary tried to capture, that condition of the heart that is Mayberry. And it's the same thing that the Mayberry Man movie also talked about, is it being a state of mind, you know. So I think that feeling about the Andy Griffith Show and about what it has meant and what it means to us all has been around a long time. And while we express it and try to come up with ways of expressing it, I really liked what Jim said there where he said, uh, he said that Mayberry is something more than either a TV show or a town in North Carolina. It's likely even more than a state of mind. Mayberry is more like a condition of the heart. I I really like that. 
That's really nice. And Jim, good job. Jim Clark, if you don't know, is the presiding goober emeritus, because he's trying to retire out of, <laughs> of the Andy Griffith Show Rerun Watchers Club. And we are just so thankful for Jim. Uh, without Jim, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be the imayberry.com website. There wouldn't be the Andy Griffith Show Rerun Watchers Club even before that. Because the Rerun Watchers Club is what inspired me to create the imayberry.com website. There wouldn't be weaversdepartmentstore.com. There wouldn't be all these amazing Mayberry events, including Mayberry Days, had it not been for Jim Clark and his condition of the heart that kept us all going. So Jim Clark deserves so much thanks from all of us that live in Mayberry in our hearts. So thank you for that, Jim. So I've got a, I've got a few callers that have called in the last few days. We want to hear from them. And so we're going to hear from them. We're going to hear from Spirit Walker. And if we have time, we might play some trivia. But I'm trying to get these podcasts down to being less than an hour long. <laughs> the last two have been pretty long. So let's just uh, have some fun and see what we got. So our first voicemail is coming from Randy Nelson. So let's go and hear from Randy. So Randy, take it away. Hey, this is Randy Nelson calling from the state of Maryland. And I uh, have been a fan of the Andy Griffith Show for a long time. Uh, I'm 30 years old. I've been a fan since I was maybe 16 or so. And in 2008 or 9, I believe it was, I I convinced my parents to do a family vacation to Mount Airy, North Carolina. And I got my hair cut uh, by a gentleman... um, with the barbershop there that cut, it used to cut Andy's hair. He was 90 years old or something at that time. And um, I believe he's since passed away. But uh, And he cut my hair. Of course, he did the sideburns uneven, classic Floyd. And uh, I was talking to a gentleman when I was sitting in the waiting room there. And, and I was, of course, looking at all the pictures of the famous people that had gotten their hair cut there. And um, I was talking to this guy. And he was, I didn't really notice anything, but. Um, a couple months later, a couple of years maybe it was, a friend said she was reading the AARP magazine, and uh, there was there actually the guy I was talking to was a reporter, and he was quoting me in the magazine anonymously, but regarding how this you know 16 year old kid was such a big fan of a show from the 1960s, and, um, and it was so neat that a friend knew that it was me, and I was able to read this article in AARP about this guy's trip to Mount Airy, and he referenced his conversation with me. So that's just a fun little memory um, that I had. Thanks for the show. God bless. Randy, thank you so much for calling in. We always, I always love to hear stories like that where people, I mean, it, you get involved in the Andy Griffith Show. He actually got a story in AARP where he was actually part of the conversation isn't that a neat feeling it's like when you call into the podcast here you're a little part of the andy griffith show you you're adding to the lore the the information now he talked about getting a haircut from russell hyatt who he would have been getting the haircut from uh and he got his sideburns like you know personally i bet one lobe of randy's is longer than the other it's not russell's fault if he couldn't get those sideburns oh no yeah i'm not responsible if one lobe's longer than the other you can't do much about that. <laughs> so, so Randy, thanks for calling in. Now we're going to hear from uh, Paul Mulick. He has to, he's calling in about the Mayberry Church. It was mentioned earlier. So, Paul, take it away. Hey, I'm Paul Mulick calling in from Joplin, Missouri. Uh, you had a caller on a recent 
podcast asking if the Mayberry Church was a real church. And no, it, it was not a real church in the sense that it's a place where people would congregate on Sunday mornings, but it was a real building. And I'll elaborate on that. It was on the 40 acres back lot, you know, where the courthouse and Andy's house and all the other buildings were. But most of those were not real buildings. They were just empty shells that didn't have a back or a roof. Some of them were just one flat wall. But the church was a a complete building, uh, and it was designed so that it could be used. The interior could be used for filming, too. Although I'm pretty sure the uh, the Mayberry Church, the scenes where we see people in church, I don't think they were filmed in there. The church was built in 1948 for a movie called Miracle of the Bells that starred Frank Sinatra as a priest and Fred McMurray. You can find that for free to watch online if you want. Anyway, just thought I'd add that little information. 10-4, over and out. Uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paul. So yeah, that's a, it's a real church in that regard. So yeah, thank you, Paul, so much for uh, taking the time to call in and just clarify that. Paul is a wealth of knowledge, by the way. So it's always good to have him uh, calling in. All right. So next up, we have a call from, I think, Lori. So Lori, take it away. Hi, this is Lori in Arkansas. I've been watching Andy Griffith my whole life, but I noticed something the other day I hadn't noticed before. On season one, the episode Sheriff Without a Gun was later readjust on season three or four when the Taylors go to Hollywood. So how did they combine those two shows together? Because they were basically about the same subject. You know, I really don't have a good answer for that, Lori. That's not a, I don't really know how they ended up combining them together. I know that they were kind of referenced to each other uh, because they mentioned, if I remember right, on the color episode, because they were making the TV show about uh, Sheriff Without a Gun, they kind of mentioned that they had had that writing about it uh, earlier. So that was mentioned on there. But I don't have a really good answer for that. So I'm hoping that one of our... Uh, listeners, viewers, whichever it might be, might call in and share an answer with that. So thank you for that question. And now we're going to hear from uh, somebody in Chicago. They didn't tell me who they were, but uh, it's a it's a nice call. So let's hear from uh, our friend in Chicago. Hello, Alan, here from the Chicago suburbs. We really enjoy your podcast. I'm so glad we found you. This is the awesome day. And we are lifelong Mayberry fans. Never get tired of the Andy Griffith Show. Grew up with it. Still love it. Thank you for telling us about the Pluto channel. We're enjoying watching the show there as well. And how fun to see you on Marina Coates' program, the tour of Andy's house. You did a superb job as Floyd. It was so fun to see you in your role as Floyd the Barber and part of her tour. That was so cool. I just had to call and tell you. Thanks for all you do. God bless. Wow, thank you. I hope you guys saw that because it was uh it's a it's I'll put a link to it in our show notes. Uh she has done a she's done several of these things. Maria, I'm talking about, has done several of these things where she has taken sitcom homes. Her channel on 
YouTube is called Marina Coates dash Mockingbird Lane. So she is, she's loved these old shows and she did one recently, <clears throat> excuse me, that it was a Andy Griffiths home, the Andy Griffith, Andy Taylor home and the courthouse tour, <clears throat> excuse me, and the courthouse tour. So they, she did those and man, they, they turned out so good. And part of the tour, she actually, I guess she talks to Clint Howard during the uh, tour. And the fun thing for me is he's wearing a Weaver's department store hat during the, uh, during the tour. And also, uh, she had me as Floyd, the barber and kept it kind of a secret, but she had me show up as part of the tour, because you remember Floyd gave tours on the, uh, on the Andy Griffith show of the courthouse. And so she had me come in and give some tours there. And that was a lot of fun. I really appreciate her having me on to do that. That was a lot of fun. And uh, so if you haven't seen it, I'll have a link in our show notes so that you can go and check it out. Okay. So it's a lot of fun. They go, they go through the entire Taylor house, show you all kinds of shots and views that you have never seen because they never did those camera angles on the show itself. And then she also does the same thing going into the courthouse and goes through the courthouse. And then there's a little bonus tour at the end. So definitely, uh, it's about 30 minutes long, but you don't have to watch it all at once. But I'll put a link in our show notes for that. And I want to thank her for having me be a part of her video, which has had, uh, I was trying to look, uh, a bunch of views, a bunch. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. She's had a lot of views on that video. So I really appreciate her having me on there. All right. So that is all of those. I do have one written piece of mail it came from my buddy Lyle Fells. He wrote in and said, he said, I love the recent podcast and talking about so true. Now I can't remember which podcast this was. Maybe you guys can help me, but he says, I almost called my first chapter Milton P. Oliver. So not too long ago. And I remember talking about it. We were talking about Barney's middle name and he's had three Milton P. Oliver. So Lyle Fells, he almost named his chapter Milton P. Oliver. But since the Founders Day Committee was available, you know, once I moved away and had a new chapter, the then he then he created the Mayberry Town Council. Uh, you know, so he has two chapters. He had two different chapters. Uh, he went with that. But man, I was tempted to go with the Volleyport Volleyball Court Maintenance Club. And do you realize that that name's still not been taken? As well as the Adventure Sleeping feet that fell asleep or save the Scoby fun. Uh, I used to have a button making business. And one year before Mayberry days, I made a bunch of buttons saying, boy, giraffes are selfish. And yep, that's the plan. Home, take a nap, then over to Thelma Lou's for TV. <laughs> you see, I sold them for a dollar a piece and made enough money to cover our gas money for our trip back and forth to Mount Airy. And by the way, it may be unpopular uh, thought, but I bet Floyd's next to Snappy Lunch was not Andy's regular barber shop when Andy was a kid. Which Joel's right. I mean, uh, not Joel. <laughs> Lyle is right. That is true. He said, "I totally believe it was the one uh, down and around the corner that's called something like Tonsorial Parlor. I'm betting that's where Andy actually had his haircut. In fact." The Mayberry goes to Hollywood in that episode. Floyd became Floyd's tonsorial parlor. As far as uh, the number one, 
that was oh, that's the episode he's talking about. Uh, Ten things you need to know about the Andy Griffith Show. It's Griffith, not Griffin. He said, "I've heard that too." He said, "I also had a bass player that had recently learned the Beatles bass line on." I saw her standing there, which is more complicated than you might think. And then he told me, "I really learned to respect Paul McCartney." Really? So when he learned, <laughs> he learned how to play it. He really got some respect for Paul McCartney. Yeah, there. So that is from Sir Felsey, Lyle Fells, uh, the Lord of Mildew Manor. That's how he signed it. So Lyle, thanks for writing in. And yes, he is right. The barbershop that uh, is Floyd's barbershop, that is not even where Andy actually got his haircut by Russell. Okay, so it was Russell at some point when Andy came back in college and got a haircut. He did get a haircut from Russell, but Lyle's probably right. He got hair, his haircut in a different location because where he actually got his haircut from Russell, according to Russell, was in the window at Mayberry on Main. That's where the barbershop was located at the time. Mayberry on Main in Mount Airy, North Carolina, right there on Mount Main Street, used to be there was a barbershop. When you go, if you go in the door, it's over to the right, the window over to the right. That's where the barber chair would have been. And that's where Andy was probably sitting when Russell actually cut Andy's hair when he came home from college uh, as a younger man. It wasn't as a young boy. So Russell was not, he was an older gentleman, but he was not old enough to have been cutting Andy's hair when he was little. <laughs> so, so good job, Lyle. Thanks for writing in and giving us that little bit of information. And hopefully you learned something too. Maybe you didn't know that. I'm often thinking that I, that everybody knows these things and I don't ever mention them, but those are things that I have actually been told by Russell. And then of course, Debbie and Daryl that own Mayberry on the main, uh, Mayberry on main or started the store. They owned it. It's now owned by the folks that own the loaded goat. But uh, they told me that story that Russell came up there and showed him exactly where the chair was. So there you go. All right. So we are going to go on and hear from uh, Spirit Walker. And if we have time after that, I might do a trivia question or two for you. But uh, let's go and hear his trivia because he gets some good stuff. And, you know, I haven't heard this either. So let's go and hear Returning from Mayberry. Won't you turn on the Andy Griffith Show? Forget all your cares and woes. Sit back, relax, and laugh with friendly folks you know. Take up your fishing pole. Welcome to Returning to Mayberry with special correspondent Spirit Walker from the Andy Griffith Show Esquire Club. Thanks, Randy. Hello, Mayberry Spirit Watchers. Welcome to the Esquire Club, where we are conducting an experiment where we take a person, place, or thing from Mayberry, connect it to something outside of Mayberry, and continue the connections until something returns to Mayberry. Then we take that returning thing, we connect it to something else in Mayberry, and continue the connections ad infinitum. Now, the last thing we had returned to Mayberry was actually a person, Betty Lynn also known as Thelma Lou on the show, or Barney's Girl. So we'll start with her and see where we can go from there. Elizabeth Ann Teresa Lynn was born in Kansas City, Missouri in 1926. Her mother was an accomplished singer and enrolled Betty in the Kansas City Conservatory of Music when she was only five years old. 
At the age of 18, Betty toured with the USO during World War II. So it's only fitting that in her first scene as Thelma Lou in Cyrano Andy, she is singing alongside Andy, Barney, and Ellie. Her first spoken line was, I love to sing alongside Barney, a line she will later walk back when she admits that Barney can't sing. Not a lick! However, the two became an item throughout the first five seasons of the show. In season five, Barney decided to buy Thelma Lou a fur for her birthday. He purchased a discounted fur from a street salesman. The next day, Thelma Lou called Barney crying. The hair of her fur was falling out. Barney confronted the salesman, Newton Monroe, and Monroe was eventually arrested. The part of Newton Monroe was played by insult comic Don Rickles. Rickles was famous for insulting people in his stand-up act, and no one was off-limits, no matter how famous. One evening, while performing his sold-out shows in Las Vegas, Rickles looked up in the VIP box and saw three familiar faces, Bob Saget, John Stamos, and Dave Coulier, the three male stars of the TV series Full House. Rickles wasted no time in cutting them the ribbons with his rapier wit, but after the show, the three visited him backstage, and they all became fast friends. Now that's a story you won't see printed anywhere. And the only reason I know that story is because one of those three guys told me that story. As a stand-up comedian myself, I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of great comedians in my lifetime. Now John Stamos was never a comedian, so I never got to work with him. But I always wanted to work with Bob Saget. I even tried to get on his quiz show, One Versus 100. But... I wasn't very successful. I did, however, get a chance to work not once, but twice with Dave Coulier. The first time was at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. The second time was at the Jackson Rancheria in Northern California. <clears throat> so I was in the green room at Jackson Rancheria when Dave walked in. And he extended his hand and said, Dave Coulier, I said, Spirit Walker, and I shook his hand. He said, nice to meet you. I said, Dave, we just worked at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon a couple of years ago. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. That whole weekend was a blur. I had a lot going on that weekend. I apologize. I'll never forget you again. So after the show, the restaurant in the casino was closed, but they opened just for us. So me and Dave, uh, the booking agent that booked us for the show, and another booking agent were in there. We're the only ones. And Dave was telling a story, such as the one I just told you. He also told me a story about going backstage to see Bob Newhart at one of Newhart's concerts. He walked in, extended his hand. Bob said, Bob Newhart. Dave said, Dave Coulier. And then Bob Newhart said, nice to meet you. To which Dave replied, Bob, I was on an episode of Newhart. I piped up and said, that sounds like something that happened to me earlier today. To which Dave said, Spirit Walker, I promise I will never forget you again. That's the way it goes in the comedy business. You work with a lot of people. And I have two choices of comedians I have also worked with that could take me back to Mayberry. The first comedian I've worked with quite a few times, Jimmy Brogan. Brogan was the head writer for The Night Show with Jay Leno for nine years. He was one of Jay's best friends and a great comic. He was also on an episode of Happy Days. He played an angel sitting on the jukebox talking to Fonzie. But the man I want to concentrate on is a comedian I've worked with a couple of times 
at 142 Throckmorton Theater in Marin County, California, right outside of San Francisco. He used to show up at the theater unannounced just to get on the show and to work out new material because veteran comedians have no place to be bad to work out new material. And he loved to spend time backstage with the other comedians and hear our stories and he would act them out. He was just a great guy and just an ordinary comedian with the rest of us. We always appreciated that. His name was Robin Williams. I had the pleasure of doing two shows with Robin and even got on stage to do some improv with him. Now, when you do improv with Robin Williams on stage, you're basically just furniture. But you have the best seat in the house. Here's Robin in the green room with us and some other legendary comedians like Dick Gregory and Mort Saul. Robin Williams made his debut appearance as Mort from Ork on an episode of Happy Days opposite Ron Howard. We all watched Ron Howard grow up on television as Opie Taylor in all eight seasons of The Andy Griffith Show. So the circle is complete. From Betty Lynn to Don Rickles and Mayberry, from Rickles to Dave Coulier, from Dave to me, from me to Robin Williams, from Robin to Ron Howard, and back to Mayberry as Opie Taylor. So there you have it. From Rickles to Freckles. Everything returns to Mayberry. Now I want you to pay special attention to the next segment because in that segment I go deeper into history than I've ever gone before to connect to somebody very special. You don't want to miss it. And if you have somebody you'd like me to connect to, drop me a line at the Andy Griffith Show Esquire Club and I'll see what I can do. Until next time, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. And keep spreading that Mayberry spirit. It's so fine to spend some time with all these dear old friends of mine. Have a bottle of pop. Come on, let's watch the Andy Griffith Show. I thank you. So, wow, that was absolutely great. I, I just can't believe the stuff that you're able to come up with with that. But hey, I have got uh, I've got something for us uh, coming up here. But I want you to make sure you go over and check out Spirit Walker over at TAGS. Esquire Club, T-A-G-S Esquire Club. And you can go and check him out over there and do that. So I have something special. I kind of tricked you. I said we we're going to go and play some trivia, but that's not really true. What we're actually going to hear from is a special voicemail I got. Last week, you might remember that the episode was about Ellie, Miss uh, Eleanor Donahue. It was about her episode, Ellie Runs for Council. And I got a very special voicemail that I think you're going to enjoy. So let's hear from Peter. Uh, who just happens to be Miss Ellie's little boy. <laughs> Hi, Alan. It's Miss Ellie's boy, Peter Ackerman, son of Miss Ellie, Eleanor Donahue. And um, I just wanted to let you know, I heard the episode about uh, Ellie for city council and uh, loved the deep discussion, the deep dive on it. And uh, wanted to say yes uh, about have have we seen a character um, do that kind of uh, pushing against type in television before, you know, a female character pushing against the men. And I will say that my mom continually did it in her characters. But right before she did the Andy Griffith show, in fact, she was the only cast member to go from father knows best to 
another series, which was The Andy Griffith Show. On Five and Knows Best, she played the oldest teenage daughter, Betty Anderson. And whenever people think about Father Knows Best and Betty Anderson, they think of all the all-American family and the typical American family. Um, but if you look at those episodes, Betty pushes uh, the uh, the envelope. Um, she uh, runs, uh, I think she's, she's prom queen while also being the track star. And she... She pushes against the, um, the the modeling of the day, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so it was no surprise that somebody thought of that character and her in that character doing that in uh, Ellie for City Council. So, um, yeah, uh, she's done it before. She continued to do it. The first time I actually spoke this idea aloud was at a Star Trek convention when somebody was talking about her character that she played on the original series in an episode called metamorphosis and uh, being a strong woman. And what was that like? And I was uh, escorting my mother uh, during this part of the, um, the conference. And I answered for her and said, you know, she's always played uh, characters that were stronger than people realized. And I think that's one of the great things about um, the arc of her career and when it all happened. And uh, yeah. Just felt like sharing that, and I'm so sorry for the one of the few times I'm not there with you Monday live while you're uh, recording the episode. I'm delighted that I get to hear it afterwards and uh, get to call you in having nothing to do with Christmas. Take care. <laughs> love the show, and perhaps when you play this, if you play this, I'll be on live listening. Thanks, Alan. Bye. Wow, thank you so much. And he is in our chat room and has been on live listening. It is so great. He he, he mentioned at Christmas, uh, I always play uh, Miss Ellie singing away in the major. So that's his favorite uh, episode every year. And so he always gives me a, a voicemail or something. You may have heard those if you've listened to the podcast for a while. So it's always great to hear from you. And wow, what, what a great uh, call. Because it's so neat, uh, Miss Miss Donahue. I've met her uh, several times doing Floyd the Barber. I've been able to meet her and work with her. Uh, I won't say work with her. I was in shows she was in. Uh, I don't want to imply that I was actually working <laughs> at the same level that she was working. But uh, it is she is a, a class lady, and it is so fun to to know that Peter listens to the show. And not only does he listen, he does show up in our chat room and and visits with the folks in the chat room. So that's a good reason on Monday nights if you'd like to come and be a part of the chat room. You may you don't know who you might find in there. You don't know who all the other people are. They got fake names in our chat room. So Monday nights at eight p.m. Eastern time. You can go to live.twochairsnowaiting.com and join in on the chat room. And who knows who you might run into. So be nice to people because you never know if Santa Claus is watching it. <laughs> so thank you, Peter. And thank you all for being here with me. Thank you for coming. It's always fun to be a part of just spending time in Mayberry and visiting. Uh, you know, there's always, if you get to come to the live show ever, there's a lot of, uh, things you don't ever hear or see if you just listen to or watch the video version of that's released on, uh, Tuesdays every week. Uh, so there's technical problems. There's all kinds of stuff that happen that the magic of, 
this isn't television, but podcasting helps get weird off. So if you'd like to come and watch me mess up a lot, you can come <laughs> to the live show and see how it's done. So friends, I'll just, again, I want to thank you for being here. I would love to hear from you. Like I heard from so many this week, you can give me a call at 888-684-8415, or you can email me at floyd at imayberry.com. I definitely encourage you to do all those things and uh, to just get involved with these Mayberry folks because Mayberry is, I want to get the quote right, it's more like a condition of the heart. I I really mean that. It is a condition of the heart. And these folks in the chat room enjoy each company and they would enjoy yours as well. So I hope you can join us. And until next time, folks, have a great Mayberry week and we'll see you here on Two Chairs. Good night, everybody.